let me ask you a question. Why the hell do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? What's it like, three out of four marriages go right down the drain now? People, if you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes weren't gonna open, you'd be like, yo, forget it, I'm not going. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. This is Breaking Norms, a podcast dedicated to topics like following your dreams at all costs and the pitfalls of societal norms. And now, discussing everything from online dating to the horror of having a real job. Here are your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to the Breaking Norms podcast, where prior to March 12th of 2020, we were able to break all the norms. Now, not so much. Noah, welcome. How's it going? How are you, sir? Are you surviving? Uh, Anything we need to do? Do we need to send anyone in? Are you properly being entertained? What, what's going on with you, my friend? I am thriving. There's nothing better than a good virus for Noah Groniger because I can sit here, eat and watch great things, not have to be told to go anywhere. I've got dinners at restaurants. Uh, I've got family gatherings. No, none of that can take place because I'm not going out there. I'm not testing it. I'm not putting on that mask. I'm not socially distancing. I'm just staying in my house. I'm not standing six feet away from somebody. I'm staying in my house by myself with my dog and eating and watching great things. So get me more viruses is what I say. I am one of the great homebodies that the world has ever known. Now, you may not know that because on the peripheral, I go and do a lot of things and travel a lot. But whenever I'm not doing that, I am the best homebody. But I think that there's one person. There's, you're a better homebody even than me. You're number one in the nation. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm maybe cracking the top 10, hopefully. But it's, it's kind of an art form and a skill and becomes kind of an addiction, does it not? Especially as you get older, like your friendship groups kind of shrink and you, you just kind of get comfortable in your own surroundings. And I think that's great. I'm the same way. Like whenever I'm not back in the day when I used to go to sporting events and concerts, um, you know, I'd be away from home, but gosh, it was just something about being at home with your own surroundings, your own entertainment. It is kind of addicting. It is. Uh, there, I'm not really big on bar scenes, club scenes. If you want to get me out of the house, take me to a concert, take me to a sporting event, uh, have me making a documentary and having to go around interviewing people. Um, really, all I can, the only people I can be around is like you and my family for a shorter uh, time span and people in the entertainment and sports world, whether it's actors, athletes, broadcasters, analysts, directors, filmmakers, other filmmakers, producers, that, those are the people I can be around and have intimate conversations with 
about passions of mine because everyone else that I, if I'm out at a bar or at work or whatever, it's small talk, it's daily routine talk. And I just cannot, I, I can't function like that. I'm not made for that. That is the societal norm that I cannot take part in. I get anxious. I start sweating. I look for a way out. I start backpedaling because I just, I, I can't live in that world. I have to live in the world where I'm talking about things that I'm passionate about. Well, I tell you, it has become a little harder to break norms, as it were, uh, during the last three months. I was on my way to a KISS concert on March 12th when I got the word that uh, the concert was canceled and uh, the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC tournaments, and college basketball were all canceled, and we are all sent home, and that's where it began. So it's been definitely an adventure. We've managed to get away. We're still filming interviews and doing things for our documentary, like you mentioned. Thank goodness for that. But on this week's Breaking Norms episode, we are actually talking about a subject very near and dear to our hearts. And this one could get a little offensive because this is um, something, well, when you look at it, we're talking about aesthetics. We're talking about looks. We're talking about dating mismatches, Noah. Something that in the social media era has certainly clogged my newsfeed for the better part of uh, a decade and a half. Dating mismatches. It's all about the looks. We're talking mostly I think when you look at this about unattractive men with very attractive women and why this occurs, Noah, is this something that is prevalent in your life and something that you see either in person or just via social media? Yeah, I mean, I remember just starting to get into the dating world and dating scene and then online dating and just being like, should I even send this girl a message? Should I go up and talk to her at the bar? She's too good looking. Forget it. It'll never happen. Just I, I, She's out of my league. You hear that term a lot. Just that person's out of your league. And so I've always lived by that premise. This person's out of my league. I'm not going to waste my time and talk to her. I'll never have a chance. She just wants to date some supermodel. Uh, but me, I, I know seeing it at Target when I was working at Target back in the early 2000s, I'd see people walking in and be like, oh, there's a couple of friends and then they'd like lean in and kiss or hold hands. Wait, well, I'm sorry, like great looking woman, just a grotesquely looking man, just bulbous. And <laughs> you just see it more and more so. And then I'm rethinking everything like, wait, is it more, is it actually that old saying of just, no, it's about who a person is. It's what's in a person's heart and not about their looks. Like I haven't experienced that in the dating world. Like I've had women say like, no, I'm looking for someone who's a 10, who's a model and just who could be on the front cover of GQ. Get out of here. No, I, I get no time for you. <laughs> but I've seen it out there that people are dating these people that and maybe it is more about their heart. It is something that has become a bit of an obsession for me and you as well. We like to send each other the latest dating mismatches that we see that are our Facebook friends or whatever. I even got into where I send them to my mom. My mom is huge into this, loves to see the dating <laughs> mismatches. And maybe in some of the research I've done, women, is it, are, they, are they less shallow? Is it as simple as that? I don't know that it is. I do think that in some of the research I've done, that it shows that women are more threatened by men that are of equal attraction or more, more so than them. That the idea of dating someone uh, far less attractive of them gives them a sense of comfort and they're not as challenged by it. And I, does that exist kind of from the male side? Because I don't think it does. Maybe it's just the simple adage of males are just more into looks. A woman's attractive. You're attracted to that. It's pretty simple because men tend to objectify women more. And maybe for women, there's just deeper things at hand. Uh, the personality, the, uh, we got to get into this one. Just, let's just go for it. 
the money. Are these guys yes. just rich? And it's as simple as that. A lot of these times, I mean, or, or are we really looking into something deeper and that women are just more able to adapt to that kind of a relationship? Yeah, I mean, the money is a big part of it. I think we see a lot of uh, hot-looking girls out there with, like, redneck, big, fat guys wearing a John Deere hat and overalls, and uh, maybe that's just all they can find in that certain lifestyle that they like. They like the country life and hunting and fishing, and all they can find is that big, burly guy with the John Deere hat, the overalls, uh, a brewski in hand, a fishing pole uh, out at the pond. And But there's also the aspect of money and okay, I've been out here, I've dated some good-looking guys, whatever, it's not gone my way, it's not lasted. If I can just find a guy with money that can provide me that lifestyle, who knows if they're cheating on that person or not, but I think that goes a big deal into it. But as far as like someone dating someone just way out of their league, so much more good-looking, I think that goes for men and women alike. That's going to cause you anxiety and just wondering, like, are they going to go find someone better that's, that looks better, that's closer to their in their league than I am? So I think that kind of goes on both sides as, as far as the anxiety of dating someone that's just a 10 and maybe you're a 6 or a 7. Yeah, the, I've always been kind of someone that subconsciously thought about sort of dating in, in numbers as a numbers game um, where you sort of have to be self-reflective and self-aware to kind of come up with where you are in the pecking order, what your dating number is, so to speak. If you want to think about it like college football recruiting, are you a one-star, two-star, three-star, <laughs> up to a five-star recruit? Um, I like to consider myself just a solid, you know, underwhelming, um, underperforming three-star uh, recruit or like a, a five or a six in, in the dating world. And that's a lot to do with uh, the hair <laughs> that started disappearing um, at age 22 for me. Um, but That's then, why I wear like, this hat, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so is do is that common? Do people are people able to do that? Because I I feel like that I kind of live by that. Now my uh, girlfriend that I've been with for the the last three plus years, I, I don't know if you call us a dating mismatch or not. I think that like when I see us like in pictures and stuff, I'm just like that looks like just a couple. You wouldn't think twice about it. Not that yeah, no one's sending photos of you two off to their parents. Like, can, can you believe this mismatch? Yeah, I mean, it could happen. There could be, it could have happened. There could be somebody that's <laughs> Facebook friends with one of us or something that's just like, are you kidding me? What is this? For whatever, whatever reason. I, you know, I'm taking myself completely out of it though. Do people typically live by this or do you think that guys are, are more daring and like, let's just go for it. But if I'm a guy that's a, that's a three and my girlfriend's an eight or nine. Like, I'm living in fear every day uh, that they could be over at any second. Like, are they going to realize this? Is someone going to tell them? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think it, it all depends. Like, if you're maybe like a guy that's a three, but you have a ton, ton of money and you're going on these fancy trips and you've got some sort of, like, nice boat or yacht or whatever, and you're always in Italy and France and, and giving her this lavish lifestyle, maybe you don't worry about it as much. But if you're just, like, a normal guy with a normal job, maybe you work at a warehouse or, or you're an accountant or something and you're a three and your girlfriend's an eight or a nine, then you're going to worry more because you're not providing her all this other stuff on top of like, okay, I'm not giving her everything in the looks department, but I'm providing her a giant house and these lavish vacations and boats and, and all this great stuff, jewelry and, and all these lavish presents for no reason. So I think it depends on the lifestyle that you're leading as well. There's no doubt that people look for different things in a companion, whether it be just intense physical attraction, financial security, uh, adventure, all those things come into play. There's no question about that. And I, and I don't 
want to make it seem like that the dating world is completely all about aesthetics, looks, attraction. But to me, it's a huge part of it. Now, here's something I've always kind of wondered about when it comes to this. We see lots of women around us getting married. You see lots of people around you that are, that are finding the person getting married. And when you look at the, the woman, you look at the guy she's with, and you just can't believe it, whether it just be this, this just complete dorky looking guy or just this bulbous giant, just kind of fat redneck guy, you wonder how, how did this happen? Do you think that women talk about this? Do you think that, the, you know, we see, you think about things that are formalities and just a woman's got a ring on and that's, oh my God, she's getting married. It's going to be great. Bachelorette party, Nashville. But do, behind their back, are they sitting here going, that guy is atrocious? I've done a tiny bit of market research on this. Unfortunately, my theory didn't bear out because the girl that I asked told me that, no, we are happy no matter what. We give them support. The looks don't matter at all. And I'm calling BS on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you hear girls out there all the time. Like, I don't have a lot of friends that are girls because they're just bitchy and they stab you behind the back and they talk behind your back. So I'm not buying that. I totally think that to their face, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. You're finally getting married. And then, like, they walk away and they're just with the other clan that are there. And they're just like, oh, my God, she's marrying the biggest dork in the face of the earth or just this bulbous, fat redneck. I can't believe it. What is she doing? But, yeah, to their face, they're all congratulating her but yeah behind the back it is just stabbing them in the back and just and it i think they're settling the people that are doing this it's got to be part of that like you've been out there you've tried to find the good looking guy you can't do it so you're gonna go just try and find a guy that you get along with you enjoy spending time with maybe you're not quite uh have that attraction to them but you're just gonna settle and look i found a nice guy i can't keep playing this game i'm getting older so i'm gonna marry the fat redneck or the dork Attraction, at least according to my research, is important to upwards of 68% of people. To me, it's probably higher than that. I think some people will just fabricate that or lie and say, oh, no, personality is more important. Yeah. Attraction is sort of the basis to which biology and this whole thing is based around to me. So I don't really understand the thought of being with someone that you're not attracted to, especially when you're talking about marriage and families and children. My goodness but you see it everywhere. Is it more prevalent now? Do you see it more now than you did before? Or is it just because social media and you see just a lot more pictures, a lot more couples that you just have more access to it? I might lean towards more just social media and more people getting it, not being afraid to post it out there and, and just feeling that need to post everything about their life out there the more and more as this stuff grows and social media becomes a bigger part of our world, if that's even possible at this point, uh, especially in a pandemic, social media, it's kind of all we have. So you see more pictures out there. And I think, I don't know if it's more prevalent or I, I do think that the social media plays a big part in it. And here's an aspect of it too. Like I know us in the dating world back in the day would be like, we can't get these girls on dates. We can't get them to return our messages and stuff. And then we find out a few months later, they're having pictures with just these fat, bulbous rednecks, these dorks, these geeks. What is going on? These guys wearing socks with sandals. And we're like, they can't show up to a dinner with us, but they're out with this guy and loving it. This How was, did that happen? Yeah, this is one that, and yeah, you're right about that. We've talked about that a lot, about how you were always undercut by some guy it was inevitable uh, we we have if you go back to our archives and haven't heard our episode about online dating definitely urge you to go ahead and do that but if hearkening back to that for a moment i do feel like that it was you were always waiting to be undercut 
And the person that was undercutting you was always a complete and utter shock. I mean, just in my history of dating, I have not had many girlfriends throughout the course of my life, but each and every time that I did prior to who I'm dating now, it was, I, there was always a cheating situation and it was always baffling to me when I would see the person, when I would hear about the person uh, and the, just how they looked. It was unbelievable. I remember one guy in particular, I had no other comparison for him than that he looked like Jason Voorhees with the mask off. <laughs> I, there was no, I've never seen anything like it. And it makes you feel kind of like you question yourself a little bit when that happens. Uh, but in the end, you just have to chalk it up to there's nothing you can do when something like that happens. My God, like if Brad Pitt wants to come in and, and take your girlfriend away, you know what? I'm good with it. I get it. When that stuff happens, you really question yourself. So I think that, too, that women and their, and their need just to, to feel important, those guys, who's going to come in and make them feel the most important? I mean, the, who's going to be desperate, my friend? Here's the thing. Whereas I believe that, you know, before social media, I think that men might have been the most likely to cheat in a relationship just because they're at work, they're in these situations and they're, they're, they, men need attention and they're finding it in these ways and they're physically attracted to women everywhere and it just would happen. Now, I believe the script has flipped a little bit. I mean, I think men are just as likely to do it. But women now, every ex-boyfriend, every guy that finds them attractive has access to them on a daily basis on Snapchat, text, Facebook, Instagram. There's messengers for all of them. They can get in there. And, and women now have, men can meet that need that women have of just needing attention, someone to talk to. It doesn't have to be physical or sexual, but they're in there. And now women have this escape. And if a guy can come in, we know some people that, uh, that you know, maybe aren't on the attractive side, but they can come in and provide that. Is yeah, that it's all about right place at the right time. Or if you're the person dating them, wrong place at the wrong time for you. Uh, you have a fight or, and then you have to go out of town or you're just having a fight and you guys don't live together. And guys are in there messaging probably all the time, but if they hit them at the right time, they hit your girlfriend at the right time when you guys are having an argument or you're out of town and she's feeling lonely or depressed or questioning the relationship even a little bit. There's that easy access of just, oh, well, I have these seven guys messaging me. I'm just going to pick the best one and cheat. Whereas back in the day before social media, you didn't have that just, oh no, we'll just work this out in our time. She's not going to cheat. There, there's not a lot of options readily available. Um, so, but with social media now, uh, like you said, I don't think women are cheating more than guys, but they've caught up for sure. <laughs> I do believe they have, and <laughs> it's just part of the culture. It's not, I don't think that I've, what I've learned is that it doesn't make people bad people. Um, obviously, I don't condone cheating. I just think that the way that it's set up, our culture, it is very difficult because, I mean, it's just, you see what it is. You see what it is. But this situation, the mismatches, it is prevalent. It is happening. And I just want to know if anyone else is aware of it. Or are we just the shallow ones here? Are, are we the only ones that are aware? Guys, let us know on our Facebook page, uh, Breaking Norms on Facebook. Send us a message. Let us know um, what you think of it because I see it in everywhere. And every time that it happens, the more it happens, the more I'm sort of triggered by it. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I, I, there was just one recently um, where a girl I know got married 
And she is someone that, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, I went out with a few times. And it was almost like she wants to get married so bad, it literally didn't matter. It was anyone that was going to cave and just worship the ground she walked on. And I think that's another big factor here. Someone that's going to come in and say and do all the right things, whereas like, you can ask anyone. I'm not a guy that's like a big opening the door, flowers guy. Like, <laughs> I'm just not. I've never been married. I've never had kids. Like, that stuff just doesn't, isn't really important to me. And other guys, they're going to come in and say all the right things, do all the right things. And I, this example is, is really, uh, I think, perfect here because she, this girl literally said on her social media, you know, you can say what you want, but he worships the ground I walk on. That's important to some women. She's a knockout. She's a nine or a 10, man. And he's, I mean, you can't imagine. So, but for her, <laughs> other guys have other options, whether you're hot or not. These days, just like we talked about with women, having the option, guys have options too. And maybe if you aren't a guy, if you're like, you know, like me, not the opening the door and get married and be the romantic Disney prince, maybe girls are going to have to settle for in the looks department. Anything to that? Yeah, the desperation factor, the guy's just willing to do whatever it is and go above and beyond, just flowers every single day, notes on cars, uh, just at their beck and call. Whatever their wish is, is that guy's command. And he will do whatever it takes on his bended knee, kissing her feet, just please, whatever it is, biting his fist as he looks at her across the room. And that is a big part of it. And like you said there, Clint, Please let us know if you guys, if this is a real thing, if you believe in dating mismatches as well, if you see it out there, or if you believe we're shallow, because if no one else sees this and acknowledges it, then I'm going to feel bad if our voices are ringing hollow here and bouncing off the walls to no one else. No one else is hearing it and no one else is agreeing. I'm going to feel pretty bad about that. Well, that's kind of the whole concept of this podcast here at Breaking Norms. We like to look at the world a little differently and talk about things from you know, from a place that not a lot of perspectives, you know, have been have been brought up before. So that's kind of what we do. We like to throw up um, our options for topics on our Facebook page. So go like that on Facebook, Breaking Norms. And we're going to be back next week. We're going to throw some topics up and we'll uh, see what we roll out next. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the Breaking Norms podcast. Again, if you consider us just completely off mark, chauvinist, pigs, stop macho pigism, you know what? We want to hear from that too. We appreciate you guys. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, any way you choose to take in your podcast. We have got your back here on the Breaking Norms Podcast. We will be back next week with a brand new topic and a new batch of people to offend. <laughs>